Thanks to our sponsor, Ecotricity. Ecotricity is New Zealand's only carbon zero certified electricity retailer. They offset all emissions sourced from wind, hydro and solar. Find out more at ecotricity.co.nz. Hello everyone, welcome to How to Save the World. Today we've got a really special guest, Suzanne McFadden. Welcome Suzanne. Hi Waveney, thanks so much for having me. Hi Tim. G'day Suzanne. Tim as always. Hey Tim. Hello, a pleasure to meet you. You too. Uh, yeah, it's cool, it's cool to have you here. We've just been swapping some stories before we got on the microphone about radio and <laughs> things like that. Because your, your background is sports journalism. It is, yeah. So I am editor of a... Um, I guess it's a new site uh, called Locker Room. It's it's within the larger newsroom website. Um, but, yeah, we started 18 months ago and uh, we saw a, a gap in the landscape, really, in, in media um, and covering women's sport. Women's sport. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So it's a really interesting area at the moment. Um, it's getting a lot of interest, uh, really growing. Um, there's people who are questioning whether this is a, a fad or a phase, but I think... Surely not. No. Come on. Yeah. I thought cappuccinos were a phase back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> They've almost gone. <laughs> Suzanne, not the reason that we brought you on today, though. No. We brought you on because you've got cool interests and passions in an array of different areas. You actually went to high school with Waveney as well. Yeah, I so did. I don't know yeah. what was in the water, but you've got a bit of a green bent. As Shout well. out to Rodney College. Absolutely. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Wellsford. Wellsford. Maybe Wellsford's a green place. Uh, mm. It's got mm. a lot of green paddocks. Anyway. <laughs> so, Waveney, <laughs> yeah, maybe so, do you want to yeah, explain? Yeah, yeah. Lily, let's. Um, uh, the thing about Suzanne is because um, we're. we're um, it's just before Buy Nothing Day. Um, which is something that a lot of people perhaps haven't heard of, but it's an international day of protest, essentially, or awareness against consumerism. And um, it's the last Saturday in November, which runs concurrently to Black Friday, which... Oh, wow. Yeah, so if, if for those of you unfamiliar with Black Friday, it's um, it kind of has come from the States. It's the day after Thanksgiving, and it's the biggest shopping day of the year in the US where the stores just, like, slash their prices. And, you know, yep. when you see those images of people stampeding, yeah. and that's usually Being Black trampled. Friday images. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there's just this kind of frenzy around buy, buy, buy. And, um, you know, obviously it's kind of bad timing when we're running out of resources so it started off as an american thing but like many american things it's um really beginning to spread around the world and spread to new zealand and um so by nothing day is is coinciding with this crazy frenzy shopping event That's and cool. it's like people just saying no you know we're not going to buy anything on this day and sometimes people do some quite public protests around it so I thought let's do an episode on buy nothing and let's really feature it and so I got in and I started googling you know New Zealand buy nothing heroes and and um it turns out we haven't had anyone who's done any sort of like chain themselves to a tree over Buy Nothing Day <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's early days. <laughs> early days. Um, and what I found was Suzanne, who has done a crazy challenge like myself, um, and I read an article in Stuff about how you challenged yourself to live for one whole year buying nothing but essentials. 
which blows me away. And particularly that was around clothing. Yeah. Because at first when I read that, I thought it meant coffee and chocolate. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. No. I'm <laughs> Too sorry. Much, I sister. couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in the article, it talked about how you had to go to like New Zealand Sport Awards and all this sort of high profile stuff. Yeah. And how you were doing with that in your op shop clothes. And like looking at you today, you're dressed immaculately. Oh, thank you. You look yes. gorgeous. Yeah. I tried to wear as many recycled clothes as I could. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. My resold shoes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So you just, that's why you're here because there haven't been too many people in New Zealand that have really focused on, look, people, let's just buy less. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really what it's about. And we, sorry, just to set up a little bit more as well, through the many episodes that we've done so far, that does seem to be the two big things that we keep coming back to through different avenues is A, buy local stuff. Yeah. Stop getting stuff shipped from overseas, like be it food or goods or whatever. And number two, just you don't need to buy as much stuff as you're buying. Yeah. You need to consume as much. So it seems like all roads have led down to this this thing that you have done. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to say that it was an original idea, but I was inspired by a friend of mine, Fiona Fraser, who um, she was editor of the Australian Women's Weekly when I was writing for them freelance. And uh, she moved to the Hawke's Bay and her and a friend down there decided that they weren't going to buy any new clothes for a year and that they would only buy you know um, second-hand clothes so they there must be some amazing op shops down in the Hawke's Bay because they started up a Facebook page and they'd put up their you know weekly buys and I was saying, just saw them buying the most stylish clothes you know for five dollars and ten dollars and I thought that's so cool um, so I thought it, it inspired me to go and look in my own wardrobe as to what was there and I had a hell of a lot of clothes and a lot of clothes that I hadn't worn mm. probably more than twice and I thought these about These are clothes it. that you bought new? Yeah, these yeah. are clothes that I bought new. So um, I, what I would do was when I was feeling a bit down or, you know, a bit, life was going a bit slow, I'd go shopping. And the first thing that I I'd look for... I can so relate to <laughs> yeah. that. Not clothes, but shopping in yeah. general. It I was, can so relate to that. It was like a reward or, or give myself a buzz. And I'd go into um, clothes stores and I'd always head for the sale rack. So I thought, you know, that I was doing a good thing. I think I come from a family of bargain shoppers. And it's true because there are those ethics around being frugal and always making your money go as far as you can, being a good yeah. custodian of money and buying the, the $10 T-shirt that's actually come mm. from Bangladesh and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I didn't really think about that when I was buying these clothes. And when you think about it, clothes are often on the sale racks because A, they don't fit properly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and B, they're ugly, you know. And so I was kind of taking these clothes home. They and don't thinking, look ugly in the shop. No, they don't. And then you take the moment you put them on and it's like, what was I thinking? So they go on the rack and, and you know, you might not look at them again. And so I said to myself, no, I'm going to go a year and I'll try and wear these clothes. I'll give them another chance. And if I get really, you know, I won't buy any other, buy any more for a year. But if I do really feel like I need to buy... I'll go to go op shopping. So I was this was just before Christmas two thousand and seventeen. So um I got together with a group of my closest girlfriends and said, Okay, I'm gonna do this, who's gonna join me? And three of the five said, Yep, 
let's wow, do it. Cool. Yeah. So um, we decided to do it on from January the first, and so I have to admit I did go and have a little splurge on things like new undies and oh, yeah. I can <laughs> and relate to that active wear because I could never wear anybody else's active wear. Um, so I think you, most people probably let you off the hook for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just reminds me of when I started my challenge, which was also supposed to be January the 1st, which we failed and we had to change the date to February the 1st. Um, and it was, the, our equivalent was running around the house the night before, kind of bailing up all the things that could potentially turn into rubbish and yeah. hiding them away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey. Yeah, you've yeah. got to start somewhere. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So um, one of those women who decided to do it with me was my neighbor and my daily walking buddy so we made it so that um if we had to get essentials we could um otherwise well that's what you called it by nothing but essentials yeah, yeah. yeah and so um we kind of made little rules like you were allowed one new pair of shoes if you had to have them um but i hate Shoe shopping, I hate it. It's like car buying, or I like that with jeans. I hate oh, buying jeans. There you go. Yeah, but it's so weird that you've got that hard delineation between like going out to shop for clothes is is a joy, but yeah. shoes, oh, the worst. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, hang on. Sorry, I'm curious. Yeah. Why do you hate shoe shopping? <laughs> um, I used to love wearing heels, and now I can't wear them just through general. Decrepitation. <laughs> it's like a okay, reminder okay. every time, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I have to buy flat shoes. and um, So I just – but what I've found is that I have shoes that I love, and so now I get them fixed up. I've got two favourite pairs. One has been glued together twice, and the other I've, I just resold them when they need it. And so that's got over that problem. Can we drill into that for a bit? Because – I am very keen to just buy some shoes and run them into the ground. Yeah. What should you be looking for? Because, like, are there different soles yeah. that you can get that will be better for, for um, getting repaired over time? Like, if you've got a rubber sole, is that the kind of one that's too hard to repair? Whereas if you get a leather sole or what's the search? Waveney, do you know the answer to that? <laughs> I know that yeah. I have taken so many pairs of shoes into, what are they called? Shoemongers. Cobblers. Yeah. Uh, Shoemonger. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and Getting they, their fishing nets yeah. out, dragging some boots up, throwing the small ones back. Yeah. And they look at my shoes and go, oh, no, you can't fix these. And they, they I, and it's, it's, what ones it turns they out. Well, so anything with like a, a molded, uh, when the, when the, the, um, like a classic pair of running shoes would be something that usually yeah. they can't resole because sure. it's yeah, it's molded sort of the into shoe. the shoe. Yeah. Uh, whereas anything that has got that stitching line around it, mm-hmm. that's a really good sign. So even if can, it's yeah. rubber, do you know? Like yeah, look, they'll, they, 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 they replace um, and put that. I've got a pair of boots that um, I don't actually mess around with the uh, actual sole itself. Mm-hmm. I when I got them, I went to the what are they called? The cobbler. Cobbler. And put uh, uh, two sort of rubber solely things on the heel and on the, the pad. Yeah. And as that wears down, um, then I'll just take it in again and put a new one on. Oh, you're actually putting that on top of whatever's there. Yeah. yeah they, they was, it was down. like, you know how... Plus, you could probably get another inch and a half height doing that. Oh, yeah. I could be six foot for the first time in my life. <laughs> be amazing. 
It'll be like Tom Cruise wearing yeah. his platform shoes, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good to know because I have no desire to own a ton of shoes. What my ideal would be, and I assume this probably feeds into the philosophy of what you were doing, is yeah. to have like two really lovely pairs of shoes. Yeah. That I can, you know, wear these for these occasions and this one other pair for this occasion. That's me to a T. Yeah. So how did you find your year? You you at first it was a big transition. Yeah. Um I I loved it. I really did. There, I don't remember there being any time during that year where I felt I wish I wasn't doing this. I wish I could just go out and buy some new clothes. Yeah, what about because you were saying that it was quite actually quite an integral part of your happy psychology. Yeah. So um, so early on if I felt that urge, I would actually go into a clothes shop and try clothes on huh. with no intention of buying them, but trying them on. And I realized I didn't like any of them. Huh. And I started to see clothes totally differently. So I'd look, you know, through the window of a store and see these clothes and say, I don't, I don't really like that. But I wasn't using that um, when I was that philosophy when I was going into these shops before I was just looking for a bargain or something to cheer me up and now so at the end of that year um there was only two of us left still doing it um one of our friends got a new job so she really had to get (laughs) new clothes but um when Rochelle and I finished we went let's just keep doing this for a while you know if again if there's something that we really want okay we'll Mm -hmm. get it but and we kind of make days of it, you know, where we will go each season to our favourite op shops and and look around. And there's this kind of thrill when you find something in an op shop. You know what I'm talking about, I know. That, you know, because there's only one of it. And if it fits you and, and it looks good, you go, oh, my God, this is a treasure. And I seem to love those clothes more. And I'm starting also to love... Clothes that have memories with them. So I have this T-shirt that I bought from the Wanaka Dump Shop. Love it. Ah, Wanaka Wastebusters. Yeah, for $2. And my cousin, who I'm really close to, she encouraged me to buy this grey T-shirt that hasn't uh, got you know much going for it. But I love it, and I can't throw it away. And it's got holes in it, and I still wear it. Like grandpa's slippers. Yeah. So is it, is it because you've got that lovely memory of yes. being there attached to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And and part of it also that I only spent two dollars on it. Do you know that that's really cool and sort of makes me think that there's a wider philosophical thing here of um I don't know, with people who are minimalists or even yeah. sort of reductionists in their house just trying to have less stuff, I have seen that they try to make sure they're keeping things that they have a bit of like there's some attachment to it. Yeah. And I think when you just keep buying shit, whether it's clothes or trinkets or in my case tech or whatever, <laughs> like if it doesn't have a, an actual purpose for you, be it sort of emotional or a utility, like a physical utility for your life. Yeah. Like it just, it becomes a bit stressy because then you're yeah. just surrounded by shit. It's a huge irony because in, on, you could you could say, oh, look at all these people buying this stuff. They love stuff more than anything else. But it, the, oddly, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we have lost some of those really deep connections and relationships exactly. to particular objects and yes. we, we don't tre- cherish them yeah. the same. Yeah. Because you can't have a deep attachment to 
3,000 little things you bought in your house. No. But no. you can to 20. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I kind of get the Marie Kondo movement, even though I don't follow it or believe in it, but that that kind of if does something bring you joy. Um, but it's more like does this item um, mean something to you? Can you use it? Um if you if you threw it away or if you gave it away, would you be heartbroken? Mm. And yeah, so I do think about that with clothes now. So I may I? You may. <laughs> I'm curious about the road into this decision as oh, well. Oh, weird! I was just going to say that. Cool. Oh, cool. Okay. So, was this coming from a point of view of uh, a consciousness about the environment and the impact of just keeping on buying things, or Absolutely. what was your what was your thinking into this? Yeah, it was, and it wasn't so much about how much money I was spending on clothes, but it was more about when you buy these clothes and you don't necessarily like them, where are they going to end up? And you know, I've seen the figures about how much how much clothing goes into. Um, landfills and that's absolutely horrific Mm. it is and even if you are giving your clothes to the clothing bin um, or straight over the counter to a charity um, statistically if you look at these just uh, they're overwhelmed with the volume absolutely got to stop buying it in the first place because they literally can't sell all of this stuff Um, and Yeah. yeah huge numbers of it gets landfilled yeah I'm trying to be really conscious too about when I've fallen out of love or can't fit, I should say, <laughs> um, clothes anymore, where they go. So my first uh, thing is to offer them to my friends. Mm. And if they don't want them, my um, my mother-in-law helps run the St. Vincent de Paul shop in Papakura. Right. And so I then give the clothes that I think that she'll be able to sell to her. And then there's the other clothes that... I wouldn't want anybody to have to wear. Oh, also with my... (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, they've got stains on them or holes in them. But I I love them to death. And... um, Mm, True last owner. Yeah. And then I just feel like... And then I put them into the clothing bin at the end of our street. But I've always wondered, okay, what happens to them then? And so I did a bit of research and found, you know, that some of... Like, I think the Child Cancer Foundation bins are owned by Save Mart. And so those clothes, then that they take the clothes that they can resell and then the wearable clothes that they don't think they can resell, they give to Papua New Guinea. This is this is what I read. Mm-hmm. And then the other, and those, you know, worn to death clothes uh, get cut up into rags and given to businesses like cleaning companies and mechanics and that kind of thing. So... That is what I'm led to believe happens. That seems um, confusing because, A, I mean, it doesn't sound so bad. I, th- I, I think, think that, at hang least on a minute, uses, guys. But... I think that a lot of that stuff is landfilled. Is yeah, it? Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's but some also, huge statistics yeah, around how much clothing is ending up in our landfills. So yeah. it could be that, um, yeah, percentages of those things go to all of those places. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if either of you have an answer for this, but why are they able to put it's for kids' cancer stuff on the tin if none of that is? Oh, because um, they Safe Mart has a percentage of their profit going to ah, uh, support right. child cancer. I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb and assume that it's not a huge percentage of their profit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening though? They're not a social enterprise, Tim. 
Put it that way. Put yeah. it that way. Gotcha. What's happening though, like in, in where I live in Fenorpai, you go and people are just dumping all of their household stuff that they don't want anymore at these bins. And I don't know what happens to this. So that must be stuff that Save Mart don't want. So that mm. then goes into landfill. Mm. And yeah, I just, I there's this real problem about where do where does all this stuff go and do people really care about where it ends up and you know it's no longer in their house so it's no longer their, their problem but it's it is our problem i've got a theory that people do give a shit if you let them yeah, <laughs> yeah. and this this extends into all sorts of realms because i think that so the the clothing bins is a good example of this and i think a lot of our food systems have done this as well over the last few decades of kind of hiding the grim reality of how either stuff is getting to you or what is happening to stuff after it has left your possession. Yeah. And I think there's been like a real concerted effort to hide all of that stuff, which is why I think in general, people want to do the right thing. They want to do good by their fellow person. And so if you can show them actually the reality of what's going on, and that's why it's so great that you went and did the research and actually looked into this. So you can share these stories about, what the journey of those clothing items is actually going on after it leaves. Yeah, that's what you've got to hope happens. Yeah. But and like Waveney can... says, this, I think there is a very high proportion going in straight into the landfill. Mm. Well, this, it just comes down to the volume, and that's what's fantastic about your challenger and your whole new way of shopping now. Mm. And I think, you know, Tim, sometimes we talk about the technological solutions um, to things, but this is a great example of how... Um, you can't. You, we have to change our basic attitude around stuff and around buying stuff. And yeah. like you say, if people are, are connecting, able to connect with the true cost mm. of buying stuff, because we, we've been focusing on clothing, because that was your focus, yeah. Suzanne. But it's it's all stuff, mm. um, and it's it doesn't matter if it looks natural or whatever. It, yeah. There's still even just even if it was an organic product, there's still a carbon footprint yeah, to totally, it. You know, like totally. just so generally, there's no substitute for not buying the thing. Eh? Like, there really is isn't. Be, what you yeah. what you did with clothing has got to be like the sort of you know the very best thing the top of the oh, ladder what's absolute, the metaphor I'm yeah, reaching yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. top <laughs> of the so, hierarchy yeah exactly yeah, if you're looking at the yeah. hierarchy like just not buying the thing in the first place is better than oh, yeah. free trade organic you know it really is um, you know um, how we ask actually this is a good one to ask you too yeah. Suzanne um, we ask a lot of people who come on the show um, what's kind of if there was just one thing that you could say to people to do what would it be um, and I asked Chris Morrison, who's the founder of All Good Bananas, which is New Zealand's most successful fair trade mm. um, product, and also founder of Karma Cola, which again is very successful. Um, yeah, they business. do sponsor us, but even if they didn't, I would say this: two frankly amazing companies, yeah. and really all based peeps. around fantastic principles around organics and fair trade and um, all good stuff. Bam, <laughs> and so I asked him, "What is the one thing?" And you would, what would you expect him to say? Oh, buy organic or mm, whatever. Yeah, totally. Buy mm. fair trade. Do you know what he said? What? Buy less. In fact, he said buy nothing. Wow. I was Jeez. like, oh, Chris, you realise that's kind of um, terrible capitalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really undermining your basic thing there. Yeah. 
but um, I just love that that someone who's actually made uh, is making money out of um, people buying organically and doing great stuff because he's giving consumers opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise have, yeah. but still understands that Patagonia are the same. They say, look, don't buy our stuff. It's the best. The actual best thing you can do is to not buy this stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the second best thing is to buy our stuff because it's you know organic and fair trade or whatever. But that is really, and this is what's so fantastic about having a buy nothing day where we're focused on, well, stuff. And then also it's like, what are the alternatives? Because we're so immersed in a world where almost everything is commodified. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. To- even Looking- even in the green space. We we had a chat with um, Di Henwood oh, yeah. early on. And he said something interesting that resonated with me, which was that there's all these people who are kind of jumping on the environmentalism um, buzz now, which is great that they're becoming conscious of it, but they're doing it in a very like kind of upper middle class suburban way <laughs> where they're, they're like going and rebuying all the stuff they already own, but the green version of it. So they'll go and like, you know, they'll get a better keep cup or they'll go and replace all their clothes with fair trade um, threads and they'll go yeah. rebuy the active wear that's, you know, branded the right way by this company who does it instead mm. of just using the stuff they already yeah. own yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's like actually more detrimental <laughs> to, you know they're kind of d- billboarding themselves and dressing themselves up in the thing but kind of yeah. missing the major point of yeah. what it's all about I love the idea too of reusing what you've got and so my mother gave me her old sewing machine and I hadn't sewn since school when we had to went back when <laughs> yeah. we were at school yeah and um but I got the sewing machine out and started fixing things. And that was there was real reward in that too. Um, obviously, some of them were just clothes that I would wear around home because I'm not that great a sewer. That's all right. But yeah, still... but it was still, you know, things that I could wear. And so, yeah, I, I love the whole idea about reusing things. But if you did ask me that question. I'm going to ask you that question, Suzanne. Okay. What is the one thing that you think people could do that would make the biggest difference? I'm going to say think twice about buying things. So every time, every time, every time you go to buy it, do you need it? Um, And we're making, we're probably buying hundreds of things a week. Oh, yeah. Easily, eh? At the supermarket. Yeah, I don't want to think about it, but I should. Well, think twice, Tim. Think twice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually the lens I've got. I think when when you get to a certain point, uh, it's like this sustainability thinking kind of jumps out of the box when you're really when you're first starting. It's it's around specific behaviours. It might be like, oh, I'm recycling right now or whatever, yeah. or I caught a bus, and eventually it ends up being think twice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's every single time you you're yep. buying or considering anything, think twice. Yeah, and you know that a lot of people might think that's about saving money. Well. You know, that's that's another benefit from it too, is that, you know, you're not you're not spending as much if you're not buying as much. But there's that bigger picture behind it, isn't it? This episode is brought to you by Ecotricity, New Zealand's only power company that's one hundred percent renewable and carbon zero certified. It's Ecotricity's mission to provide Kiwi homes and businesses with one hundred percent pure renewable power. By choosing Ecotricity, you're supporting the development of new renewable energy and proving New Zealand's economy can grow without costing the earth. Find out more and sign up at ecotricity.co.nz. 
I had a friend who had an epiphany this year, actually, after, you know, we've been friends since uni days, and um, she finally had this really belated epiphany about the environment. She's like, oh! <laughs> For her, it was actually read this insect, an article about the insects dying off, and, yeah. and she just really shocked her, and she, she got it. Mm. And um, then the next thing, she was just frantically emailing me, asking me all these questions about stuff. And, and she that week, it was all sort of hit her all at once. She went into the supermarket, She's got a little girl, so it's that classic case of you have to buy the food for the family. Yeah. And um, she said she wheeled the exactly that. She wheeled the trolley around and kind of came out of the supermarket at the other end without any, with, without hardly anything. She realised that she'd just been buying all of the stuff that she yeah. thought she needed. But when yeah. she was thinking twice about every single item she picked up, she realised she just didn't actually need it. And she had a few basic things. And it actually, yeah. that was something else I wanted to talk to you about. It's kind of like the little toolkit, because it's all very well to say, all right, just I'm not going to buy yeah. new. But what are some of the, other than just going, right, I'm not going to buy it, you mentioned fixing things with the sewing machine. You also yep. mentioned swapping with your friends. Yeah. Um, are there other sorts of things that you've done? Uh, like say for my friend who's just come out of the supermarket without much, what what are the options? What sort of things do you do? When I'm thinking about buying clothes? Well, clothes or, or food, food or whatever it is. Like yeah. Buying is just like one option and we think of it as the main thing. Yeah. Um, we grow our own veggies now. Um, we've got two little planter boxes in the backyard and, um, and I love that. I just, I, we went through a period where we didn't do it and it was probably because we were busy with kids and, and, you know, work and it was all too much. But, um, I've made sure that cause I work from home so that the veggie garden is right outside my office window so I can see it be reminded to go out and, and use it and Great. water it and, dig things up and um yeah so that's one that's one huge of the yeah, that yeah. We've make done. your own grow your Absolutely. own yep. yeah 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 and if I could sew I would sew my own I mean this is the amazing thing isn't it that our mothers mm. sewed all of our clothes mm. and I remember that um my mother was obviously very good at thinking right these clothes I've made them they're beautiful they don't fit my girls anymore I'm going to give them to another family and living in a small town and you go to school and you see another girl <laughs> in your in your favourite dress from last year. It's like, Mum, why why did you give my clothes away? And so in a way That's I'll, actually my mother's big fear to this day, having spent her time in a small town of, of op shopping, that yeah. she would wear that exact thing would happen where someone would go, Oh, Eileen's wearing my <laughs> jersey I gave away from last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that has such a cool effect, though, of of just reminding you that you're in a community of people, and you know, stuff is st- you, not to have such an intense possessive feeling over objects. You got to get used to it. It's like that's just a dress you were wearing it last year, but now someone else is wearing it. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, no biggie. Yeah. Now I'm totally into that. I would be really happy to see my clothes on somebody else. Yeah. Have you taught? Um, oh, well, you said you're not the strongest sewer in the world. No. Have you tried to imbue any of these values into your kids? They're boys, so they're not interested. <laughs> so <laughs> the sewing thing's not um, a big appeal. Yeah. For them. So the the oldest boy, he's 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 not a boy anymore. He's married, um, <laughs> but he's never had a real interest in clothes. Interest in clothes. He wears the same clothes over and over mm, and over for years. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. doing. Yeah. He was the originator of he's this. The natural. Absolutely. Yeah. Second one, 
is a fashionista. And so he went through a stage of having to have labels, you know, and and um, sending off to Australia for, you know, cheaper kicks. And, and yep. so, but he's he has grown out of that now. And maybe it is through, I hope, you know, assimilation that he has seen, you know, what I've done. And, yeah, he's not so hung up on it anymore. Still like, likes to look stylish. But, um, and in fact, we, um, another thing that we do as a family now is we don't tend to buy big items anymore we'd save our money and go on holidays to make memories so that's an, a cool. thing that's more important to us as a family now is is rather than having stuff is making memories and so mm. that's been really cool being able to take you know the the two kids and um our, my daughter-in-law away on a holiday to america or to australia or to an island or something um so the, or or even just going up north, you know, it's been a really lovely thing to invest our money that way. Mm. It's interesting you said that because my mind was just going to like gifts, you know, and that yeah. people always assume for so for new parents, for example, I've got a lot of my mates who are having their first babies now, and you kind of nice. you, you go to the shop and you get them in like a nice merino blanket or something. But yeah. I've felt like for me personally, I found cooking like cooking oh. just a whole bunch of something, some some big meals is like such a I quite enjoy oh, doing it, and it's such yeah. a good alternative to just having to buy like lots of yeah, great call, cool. yeah, yeah well. great call. I'm very impressed. <laughs> it's just spag bowl, <laughs> Suzanne, but, but it is a still, lot of it. <laughs> when you've had a baby, when you've just got a new baby in your house, you'd love to eat spag bowl made yeah, by well, somebody else. Anything made cool. by someone else, I think, yeah. is, is the ticket, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I went to a baby shower recently too. Someone who was my age, actually, which is um, phenomenal, <laughs> but um. That was a that whole thing ran through my mind of, and it isn't often with gifts for children that I'll I'll be at my weakest. Yeah, where you know that they really just want the plasticky thing or whatever, and even actually like so, I was considering you've got this new life coming into the world, and parents aren't particularly green at all, and um, certainly very appreciative of of any gift whatsoever. Yeah, and but I know I understand the the impact of these particular purchase decisions mm. like the um buying new baby clothing um unless it's organic like really understanding the the chemical load that comes with that and the the issues with bee extinction or you know we're talking about soil tim and mm. how that really just is getting decimated by the way we're farming our cotton or our yes. food and um it all adds up and then of course there's the plasticky stuff that you can have through everything anyway and and just trying to navigate that and thinking, gosh, everybody else is going to be going along to this baby shower just having bought a thing without having this enormous thought process behind it. And what was really cool was I was wrong. That actually I wasn't the only person who had given it thought at all. And when I was – because it was quite a large baby shower. There would have been about 30 people there. And so 30 gifts, 30 different ways of approaching the issue. And I'd say about half of the people there had given – just had some really cool solutions that I hadn't thought of either, and a lot of it was like one was a a, a massage gift. That's um, so yeah. that, see, that's yeah, and great. it's like it's yeah. like a it's like a 
a service, isn't yeah, it? As, exactly. And it's like yeah. that's that human to human thing. Mm. And, and so many like if you've got money burning a hole in your pocket, you, and you're feeling oh now I feel a bit hard done by because I'm feeling like oh, I can't just go and buy stuff. Actually, you still can because there's so many cool services that yeah. actually we. You know, you could buy buy a cruise out on the the harbour on a yacht, or yeah, you know, it's, it's also thinking about the parents. <laughs> you know, not just about the baby, about but giving but the baby. Hey, the baby doesn't care. Yeah, the baby it's has baby. no idea. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I, about the parent, isn't it? I tend to give books because I just actually think that, that was books some really other important. people brought books yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So it is proof that. You know, the whole public consciousness, I think, is starting to shift on this stuff. And there's a lot of different solutions. But I love that idea of instead of, you know, I don't want to say buying crap, but buying like objects for each other. Yeah, objects, yeah. Put it into some things. And and that trickles down to, you know, yeah, to baby showers and stuff, giving services instead of another toy. Another thing. And the big pile that they've got. Yeah. Yeah. It's particularly pertinent with a baby, just thinking this baby's coming into the world now. Well, and we're kind of training them as well. It's like, here's your big pile of things and this is how we live. That are going to, yeah. Yeah. And it's going to outlast you. Anything, you know, nappies, the works, it's all going to outlast you. Totally. So this is, um, this is good. This is a very relevant conversation for right now, heading Mm. into um, Black Friday. And uh, yeah, yeah, so you know when you when you're clicking around online because I think that's how most people are doing it now. Maybe that's just me. Have a think. And think twice. Think twice. Yeah, I really thing. like. I think it was Di's suggestion that if you're going to buy something online, put it in <gasps> yes! the cart yes. for a couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. and then go back and go. Do I still really need this? Yeah. Do I still love it? I thought that was really cool advice. And he's like me. He's a total geek like he loves tech stuff so i know that that would have been things like smart watches mm. and mm. phones and ipods and that kind of thing yeah. so yeah if yeah. he can do it <laughs> we can definitely all do it i just want to admit that i'm not always i don't always get it right so last weekend i was flying down to wellington for a women and girls sports summit and i got to auckland airport and Realised that I'd forgotten to pack any clothes, <laughs> which is something I've never done before. <laughs> but um, I suddenly had a panic because it was Sunday and I was going to arrive in Wellington. Yeah, not naked, but you know, I didn't have any nice clothes to wear to this this event. And um, so, my cousin, who was also going to this event, said, "Oh." When you get to Wellington Airport, there are some shops there. Just go shopping. Just buy some clothes. So I did that, and I spent more in that moment than I spent all of last year. Wow. wow. Clothes. Mm. And um, But one of them is this very nice jacket, which is made from bamboo and organic cotton. Is that good? Yeah. It sounds wave. Right? Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's all a hierarchy, isn't it? I yeah. think organic like, no. cotton is is a good thing. Good. Yep. Okay. Give well, that a thumbs you. up. But um, I, you know, part of me felt sick, but at the same time, it was like I've got to do this. I've got to turn up looking okay. So. Well, one of the other big reoccurring themes on this podcast, no matter who we talk to, is you can't bloody 
self-flagellate over these yeah. things. No. You know, shit and happens. We're yeah, using the tools yeah, that we have available right. to us right now yep. to yep. change the systems in the future. So mm. yeah. we, we can only use what exists right now. Yeah, and, and, all and focus, we all focus on slightly different things. Yes, we yeah. do. Which yeah. is a cool thing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Lots and, of role, role modelling. And yeah. as you said, Wave, I think as long as people are like, thinking like it's actually in their head that is that is half the battle because that's when you will subconsciously just start making little actions and it, and, and it adds up it's how to save the world yes it is yeah absolutely yeah. and like you say subconsciously now i look at everything that i buy mm. twice yep you've gone to the other side yeah mm. yeah that's yeah. it you know you're on the other side when that happens yeah <laughs> Well, Suzanne, with that, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this has been you. a very cool chat, and and it's it's good. It's like another angle that's been put into my brain for more stuff for me to chew over and affect my behaviour too. And it's um, like a percolator, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Suzanne, if people want to particularly follow your sports writing, where can they find you online? Um, within newsroom.co.nz, you go through locker room through that. Awesome. And, um, yeah, we, we welcome as many people as we can possibly get. Keep up the good work. Thank you. It's so cool to see people making a concerted effort to support women in sport. And yeah. just put the, you know, like this bullshit around the, this, the 6.30 sports news where, honestly, we can have just won, won the World Cup in, in women's rugby and it'd be lucky if it gets coverage after, like, the UK soccer and... It's yeah. just come on. So anyway, it's awesome yeah. what you're, you're fighting doing. Good so fights cool. on multiple fronts, and it's making <laughs> making a big difference. Oh, thank you. I hope it is. And but you know, I just love telling the stories. I think that that's why I do it. Really, is that these women and girls have amazing stories to tell, and yeah, somebody's got to tell them. Awesome. Thank you. We will catch you on the next How to Save the World. Please, uh, if you've got some people who might be interested in this episode, share it with a friend and chuck us a rating if you can on iTunes or however you're listening. Uh, and join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash how to save the world. But until next time, bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Thanks again to our sponsor, Ecotricity. New Zealand's only provider of 100% renewable and carbon zero certified electricity. Find out how to switch your home or business at ecotricity.co.nz.